0: for the win! Good! A weekday leads wins the national championship for Notre Dame! Pino gets the crossing, he's to watch Womack! Wow! Can you believe this? has saved the USA's life in this World Cup! 21 World Championship medals, she is the greatest of all time, you just can't say it enough, wow!
1: You're listening to All In, a woman's sports podcast on WFUV Sports.
2: Welcome in to another week of All In. I'm Julia Moss, joined with Annabelle Watson and Chas McAdams. And before we get started, I just want to say every single week, Ralph Barbieri is our producer. First of all, round of applause for Ralph. Let's go, Ralph. Great producer. And, And thank God he always IFBs me and tells me when he's about to turn the mics on. Because every episode, every week, I'm saying the intro along with the intro, and I'm I'm belting out these calls. So if I was hot mic, it would be a bad situation for everybody. So just want to quick, before we get started here, I want to shout out Ralph. Thank you, Ralph. But we have a lot to talk about today. This is going to be one of those shows that's kind of all over the place. We're going to start with some soccer because Gotham FC from, what is it, worst to first? Is that how you say that? The American dream in picture, going from <laughs> the worst team in the league to the championship, beating the champions of last year on my on my birthday, nonetheless. Just want to say, incredible present there. Happy belated birthday, boss. Appreciate you, Chaz. And then we're going to move over to um talking about Emma Hayes, Chelsea manager, first announced by Chelsea she's not coming back. And then, coincidentally enough, she's connected to the U.S. Women's National Team job. So I have a feeling that is not a coincidence. She's definitely going to be the next... Manager of the United States Women's National Team. I have a lot of thoughts about that. I know Chaz does too. So we're gonna get into we're gonna get into that a little later, and then, yeah, we're gonna talk some basketball first. So let's start close to home. Let's start with some Fordham Women's Basketball because they just had their first game against Adelphi, which um, up until I started prepping, I thought was Adelphi. It is not. It is Adelphi. Thank God I asked before the broadcast because. That could have been bad, but they win by 30. We're not going to talk about that game very much because Division Two team, it, you know, it's kind of like a nondescript. We saw who the starters are going to be. It's going to be a big rotation, all of that. But let's talk about Fordham women's basketball versus Albany. And Annabelle, I'll start with you because there's a certain player on Albany who we're quite familiar with.
1: Yes, Miss Sarah Carpel. <laughs> um, she was the top scorer in their game. Um you seventeen and, points. Yeah, seventeen points, which, you know, I think Carpel definitely played a role um at Fordham she but played a role
2: very well, but it was not scoring.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't scoring. So you're seeing her kind of come into this different different role at U Albany, and I think that the caliber of basketball they play at U Albany might not necessarily be at the level that it is at Fordham but Mm. still it's very interesting to see her in a scoring role and I think it's going to be super interesting to see her do that against her old team that she knows so well obviously we kind of have this new look of Fordham women's basketball with coach B and you know with a lot of grad transfers and a lot of People transferring out, but still, Sarah Carpel knows this team, and in a new role as a scorer, it's going to be very interesting to see how that looks.
0: Sarah Carpel probably did probably did a lot for the for this program, but I wasn't as dialed in on Fordham's basketball last year as mm-hmm. I am this year. Scout player now, subtle flex, Se- semi professional insider. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just like overall dog when it comes to Fordham right. women's hoops, yep. and I I think that I th- this is the real test uh, obviously for for Fordham for Fordham women's ball you got to shake the rust off you're in a new system new program new coach everyone's kind of learning each other their play style how they're gonna play against other teams they've only had two scrimmages before that game against Adelphi over a 25 point victory I'm not gonna lo- I'm not gonna shame that <laughs> but again. You had twenty turnovers. That can't happen, right? So, right. so this is the real test, right? You Albany Friday night uh, in Rose Thrill. It should be electric. I'm very excited to see how the the Rams play out in this one. But uh, this is the test. You know, they're they're zero and zero in my mind, no matter what uh, the NCAA has to say.
2: Yeah, I mean, and when you look at strength of schedule, they might as well be zero and zero because opening up your schedule, your uh, yeah, your schedule against a Division two team is never going to turn any heads in any way shape or form and yeah you make a a really good point of 20 turnovers luckily they were playing a division two Adelphi team so it didn't matter but any other school that has and I don't want to rag on Adelphi too much here I'm sure they're a talented squad that's going to compete in the NE10 the conference that they're in in division two but division one is a different animal and if you have 20 turnovers they're going to make you pay for that given Fordham really did a great—what stood out to me more than anything compared to last season is a hustle I saw from this Fordham team. Last year, it was all about scoring, high-paced offense, but for me, it was always lacking that heart and that hustle and that defensive intensity outside of Asia Dingle. But this this team, if there is a loose ball on the ground, you bet all five players are either running to the ball or diving for the ball, and that's something— Even if there's maybe a lack of talent compared to last season, that effort that you see makes up for that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, definitely. And to Chaz's point about them, you know, this being the real test, you have Albany coming up, which, you know, obviously Fordham is probably the favorite there. But then you have Miami, which is a (laughs) whole different ballgame. Sweet 16. Yeah. So you have you know, a team that you can kind of evenly match with, and then you go to a big arena game in Miami. Um, And I believe they didn't play any super huge opponents last year except for Princeton, correct?
2: They played Maryland last year, which had Diamond Miller. So that was their big – and that's something else. Like, there's not – coaching changes affect this Mm -hmm. a lot. But there is not – they do not have a strong non-conference slate whatsoever. Miami and Virginia are both big name schools, but Miami just lost the Cavender twins. That was like their.
0: Yeah, I mean the Cavender oh, twins. The Cavender twins were good. We're good. I'm. I'm hoping they sit on the sideline when Fordham, when uh, Amy Hayford hits a step back buzzer <laughs> beater right in the face, right in their face, and I hope she turns around and Sally's all over them. I think it will happen. I don't think that. Um, but my my thing is like I think Miami's just as dangerous. It, uh, I I I think that the Cavender twins are. I, I don't think, I don't think they're as much the of an maker impact. Break. Exactly. I, like, don't,
1: I don't think the Cavender twins were doing
0: much. Well, even good, Did, didn't like, one of them like, not even score a point? Like,
2: <laughs> they both—they never listen. When I
0: think of yeah. Miami, <laughs> exactly. But that's—they're—they're they're good publicity. Yeah, they're they, all sizzle, no steak. Though <laughs> they don't have any. They can't hoop respectfully. <laughs> I mean, that's like, why they
2: quit basketball and become influencers. Yeah, no, like like
0: get on your TikTok, hit your little renegade. But like <laughs> I, like don't try to pick me up ninety four.
1: Yeah, I think neither of them. When I would look at like their stats, because I'd see them yeah. everywhere, and I was like, okay, are they actually good at basketball? Neither of them were scoring in the double digits so that's fair but
2: you Not know to your, to your maybe point, I don't know ball. to your no point, no no, no, no. <laughs> no to your point though, I'll just leave it's okay
1: they they did do a lot for publicity with Miami and I think there's something to be said about okay Fordham is going now on to this big stage mm-hmm. of Miami and there's a lot of eyes there in Miami and you know it's going to be a test to see it's obviously very early in the season but you have that challenge and it'll definitely prep you for a 10 play
2: yeah And, and say what you will about this is a callback Stephanie Gately hold for you know everything that happened was really bad but she knew how to make a really good schedule I mean you look at not only strength of competition, but she also knew how to get into those tournaments, those in-season those tournaments in fun places. You look at men's basketball, getting to go to the Virgin Islands in a couple weeks. You look at the women's basketball slate, and it's like, man. <laughs> like Of course, I'm a little biased because I travel with the team, and I remember seeing the schedule and being like, let's see where we're going. Let's see where we're going. I'm like, oh, <laughs> one 24-hour trip to Miami. But back reeling it in a little bit. To the actual play, Albany is definitely their first test. But even that, like, what works for the schedule for me is that you're slowly but surely building up competition. You start with a D two team floor. Albany is not in a as good of a conference as Fordham mm-hmm. is, so that's another test. And then you have Miami, which is the biggest step that you have. But still, it's not like you're going straight into Miami like a lot of these uh, like a lot of these bye games tend to be with Division two, low Division like FDU. Speaking of Stephanie Stephanie Gately, the head coach for Fairleigh Dickinson, going to Iowa in the first game and getting stomped by 60. Like, at yeah. least we're not in that boat. We get a chance to play up and at least play on the court together before we go into Miami.
1: Yeah, I think realistically when you have a game like that, like the FDU-Iowa mm-hmm. game, it can be hard for that first. I think the point of a first game like that is to see what your mistakes are yeah. in, in that first have a clean slate and, and go and fix things going into the second game. And I think when you have a crazy game like that, it's hard to be realistic about right. what mistakes you're actually yeah, making. Yeah, because you're
2: just not on the same level.
1: So credit to Coach B, even though they might not have the ranked big names in the ranked matchups, I think it does give you a clear picture of how this team is realistically going to be when it really matters
2: mm-hmm. which is Atlantic the Atlantic 10 absolutely and we're gonna move over now to UConn women's basketball because I know that is a team that a lot of people are looking at very closely now they dealt with just so many injuries last year you look at people like Ice Brady AZ Fudd was out for a significant portion of time and then of course Paige Becker's out for an entire year with a torn ACL they're all back now and bringing back in the A-10. They played Dayton last night. I watched about, watched intently for about 10 minutes. And then I was like, all right, I see what kind of game this is going to be. And I, I was at SNY and I was making graphics for the game. So I had to at least watch a little bit. I was subjected to that. um, Considering they won 102 to 58. Wasn't exactly a nail biter, but we got to see Paige Beckers play. We got to see AZ Fudd, Nika Mule, but let's focus on Paige Beckers now. She played eight minutes Scored, or sorry, she played 21 minutes, scored eight <laughs> points. <laughs> 21 seven points, p- eight minutes? <laughs> yeah. like, wow. Listen this that, <laughs> yeah. That's easily believable. But I'll start with you, Annabelle. Still 21 minutes, not what we're, it's not going to be mid-season season pagebackers mm-hmm. form. Where are you at in your perspective? Because I know you're a big UConn guy over here. How are you feeling about the progression of minutes for Paige Becker so far and what you've seen from her?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's realistic that she's going to be on these restrictions. And I think uh, the most impressive thing to me is the mindset she has. She still is going into it. This was a pretty physical game. She's still going into it, feeling comfortable despite having that injury. And, you know, I'm sure there's probably some anxiety there. I don't want to re-injure myself. I don't want anything to flare Dayton up. Dayton
2: was super super physical. physical. <laughs> I was, like, like literally trying to injure them Which, at some point. <laughs> if I
1: was Paige, I'd be like, oh, God. like Right. <laughs>
2: Like it's a 50 point game. Why am
1: I yeah, like exactly? So she sat for the the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. She did not play at all in the fourth quarter. Uh, three for nine on shooting seven rebounds, four assists, one steal. I think, you know, it's a sample size. And I think the numbers are good. But she's Paige Becker's, So I we obviously expect a lot more from her. She said it was a bad game for her, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's to be expected if you're only playing 21 minutes. I think moving forward, I'm very, very optimistic as long as, you know, that injury doesn't flare back up. And I'm very optimistic about this team as a whole. This team hasn't really played together in years at this point because they've been plagued by so many injuries. Um, So to finally see them together, I'm super, super excited to see what they do. And then on Sunday, they have NC State, which obviously will be a bit more of a test for them. So I'm anticipating that game might be a, might be a better precursor to what the season is actually going to look like for them. So,
0: I mean, listen, Paige Beckers, I think, is the face of this new generation of uh, the social media era of these uh, new women's basketball newcomers with Haley Van Nith, Angel Reese now on the same team, which is crazy. Uh, and all, the, all those girls on the way up and seeing her in the boot just did not feel right at all. Hated it. But now that she's back on the hardwood, love, love what I saw. Seven, seven rebounds from the guard spot from her, coming off an injury. You know she's playing hard out there. This UConn team is also their ranked number two for a reason. I mean, UConn's gonna UConn, Gino's gonna Gino. <laughs> but you, you're, you. Nothing's, nothing's earned until it gets yeah. until you actually play in 94 feet. And I think seeing the way this team rebounded, almost grabbing 50, 11 steals on the night, even if it's against a Dayton that's still something to be very very happy with. And if you're dating, <laughs> I I think you're you're happy with the fact that that you could play physical, that you know yeah. your identity now. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they played physical against the number 2 ranked team in the nation. Yeah. yeah. Because they're the number 2 ranked team in the nation. So if Dayton has that identity going, in, I know not a lot of people are like scoping out Dayton women's basketball, but if they can get that kind of scrappy uh, dog mentality going into the season, maybe they can g- get up in the rankings. Maybe not top twenty-five, but maybe they can make some noise in the A-10.
2: Yeah, and you you make a good point of like you can't you can't earn it until like you get the chance. So they yeah. haven't. I mean, UConn played Dayton. That's you know not exactly a test as far as. UConn in in the same way that like Delphi is not a test for Fordham, Dayton is not a test for yeah. UConn. Just different leagues, but they are going to absolutely get their a slew of tests. Their schedule is very difficult. They play 14th ranked Maryland November 16th, fourth ranked UCLA the 24th, 13th. I mean, you just go down their schedule and it's just like rank, 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 rank. So it's crazy. Th- that's that's what you get when you're a good team. You have I to love you have it. to get you have I to get a good it. schedule because. You can't prove mm-hmm. to rankings makers.
0: Yet. no. I was I was gonna let you finish, which is a move that I rarely see from these powerhouse teams. Yeah. every even even like the Georgia. I'm talking college football now. Mm-hmm. The Georgias and the Michigans of the world get roasted for their strength, the schedule, uh, at a conference. Not the same college basketball, obviously. But when I'm looking at how, call how con- UConn is is going about this. They said we have we got this. We have the squad to go out and we're gonna prove it against the best of the best.
1: And they're gonna prove it early, which I love. Early, I love. It's be I so love awesome. the confidence from Gino. I love it. Yeah, you nice. love Gino.
2: He, he's not new to this. That is a hundred percent for sure. That's true. But moving over to a team, Chaz mentioned a little bit ago, and we're <laughs> we're gonna talk about the LSU Tigers because oh my goodness, um, Angel Reese. Haley Van Lith, Flaje Johnson, it was written in the billboards. People were so excited, and then they go out against Colorado, and they stink. They get blown out by Colorado. And I want to just – let's just address it immediately. Annabelle, is this because LSU was just bad, or is Colorado that good? Or it could be a mix of both.
1: I think it was a mix of both. I think that Colorado, they shot 53% from the field. They – you know they had a lot of standouts: Anissa Morrow, Tyria Sandler, yeah. Sarah Rose Smith. Like everyone was just absolutely contributing. I don't. I think that it's you should not sound the alarm bells. I it's I. ninety two ah, to seventy eight. I don't know. I
0: don't know. I'm kind of suspect. I'm, I'm, I'll <laughs> let you finish. I'm very concerned. If I'm going if I'm a Tigers fan, if I'm down in um Baton Rouge. Yep. yep. Baton Rouge. If I'm if I'm going to Fred's every night, I'm. Very, very concerned. But I'll let, you I'll let you finish.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think that, to me, this was more, wow, Colorado is very good. Yeah. They can compete, especially the fact that they did it against a team that had so much expectation coming into them. And I think the thing about LSU, this kind of goes back to the conversations we had about the Liberty uh, in the beginning of the season. Yeah. When you have these super teams, it's weird to talk about super teams in college basketball, but that's kind of it, the it's case. It's so slowly trickling yeah. down to everything. That's kind of the case with LSU. I think that there's definitely a level where there's almost too many cooks in the kitchen <laughs> and you have these, pe- these totally. big names that are used to being the star. You know, Haley Van Lith is used to being the star, and she has to share minutes with Angel Reese. She has to share the court with Angel There's Reese. There's only one ball in on the court. Yeah, exactly. And, and that takes a while to figure out. So I think this game was a product of that, and also Colorado's talent.
0: I think college basketball. I think women's college basketball is going to suffer the most from the super team model because. There's only so much care some of these schools put into their women's programs. That's true. And all of the top players are going to gravitate towards the schools that care. Yeah. The Louisvilles, the, the LSUs, ILS. the UConns. I, I, you know what I mean? So I, I think that that is going to – in the near future with the transfer portal, we're going to see a lot of that. I'm going to say two things on this podcast right now. <laughs> I'm going to say Flaugé Johnson is going to stink this year. Is gonna stink this year. You play 18 minutes and you shoot, th- you shoot the ball three times. She's scared. She doesn't. I, I, don't think. I'm not saying she's bad. I think she's gonna put up dog water numbers because she's got to share the court with Van Lith and Reese. Yeah. And I think Frida Foreman will be one of the top players in yeah. women's college basketball. Also, it's funny. I don't know if this is correct, but the <laughs> NCAA uh, website. I think it might be a glitch. Switched the the rankings for Colorado and LSU. Colorado is now the number one ranked team in the country, and LSU is number twenty. That would be
2: when do women's rankings come out? No idea. idea.
0: Uh, Saturday nights, Friday nights. Okay, so maybe
1: we'll we'll see very soon.
0: If they switched, I would be appalled. No, no,
1: I'm just saying. I am just very interested to see the how those mix up.
2: Yeah, well LSU will get uh get the chance to have a get right game because they play the the touted university well actually the touted Queens University of Chicago. So uh, I am not too sure that's going to um test them too much. I mean No, it's kind of or Queens i Queens NC. I don't know not North, North Carolina, Carolina North Carolina. Yep.
0: I think that it uh I think that they thought Colorado was going to be a non-test too.
2: They were, I mean, they're ranked though. Colorado is mean, yeah, ranked. Yeah, 20th. Rank, yeah, but they're, they're
0: they right, are the number, number one th- team in the country. You're right. Well, I don't like LSU this year. LSU, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one game, but uh, I got a good nose for it, and I yeah. smell fraud.
2: You smell fraud. Watching, the last thing I'll say before you switch over to soccer is just watching. I, I saw this tweet, and it, it was so funny. It is, watching Kim Mulkey have to give that press conference in that absurd outfit she was wearing.
0: Those are gross. Terrible Those are movie. so annoying, especially how much of a clown do you look like when you lose in that? Exactly. Like, it's so cool that when you got, great. like, oh, Tiger Stripe zone, we just beat, like, Fairleigh Dickinson by 35. <laughs> like, not to, not to dog Fairleigh Dickinson. I think they're actually going to have a pretty cool year in the <laughs> NEC because I think the NEC women's ball is very weak. But... Um, she, she, I don't like her as a coach. I think she's great, X's and O's. I think she is terrible for culture. I think she overinflates her players' egos to a point where they can lose games to number 20 Colorado.
1: That's a good point. I like her, but that is a good point.
0: <laughs> like she's like, oh look at us! It's like, yeah, look at you, you lost. I,
1: I mean,
2: I just, you know, I dislike her because she's a psychopath. I, I mean, just like that. I like the outfit. Pract- like, the like
0: a, no, imagine a practice with her. Like, what does she wear to practice? Well, like during, a, a ruby I, track suit, like with no, like paved always... with the tears of Iowan children. Like, like, huh?
2: During the, uh, I've, I've disliked. Caitlin her Clark's since... a dog.
0: No. <laughs> I just want to say that I haven't <laughs> been ahead. on. I have been on all in for NCAA. You just gotta Women. get all the takes out. I love Caitlin Clark so much.
2: Uh, I dislike Kim Wilkie because I, I think she's insane. She during COVID and not to I'm not gonna politicize this too much, but she had she said uh, because there are players testing positive for COVID and not being able to play, she was like, well, we should just stop testing them.
0: Like oh. that's a good way to that's a good way to not give positive tests though. I, she was flattening I mean, the curve. She was flattening she was, the curve. <laughs> she's smart. In the dog days of COVID, we didn't know, guys. We didn't know how to stop it. And Kim, and Kim Mulkey, Mulkey is that out. she is that like she's on that next level. I guarantee you that's what she says in the mirror every day. Like she thinks she's on that next level. I, I she look, stinks.
1: I think that she's good in the fact that like she does bring more people to. NCAA women's basketball I think sure. Angel Reese
0: brings more women to NCAA I don't think anyone cares about yeah when she was at Baylor Mul-
2: no one was watching I think, the, I think
0: the only person that I think I think Angel Reese's number one fan is probably like a, a, a could be any girl anywhere all over America I think Kim Mulkey's number one fan is Kim Mulkey I yeah. think that's
2: fair. I'm just, I'm just trying Ego to see the bright side. maniac. Just, just <laughs> trying to see the bright side.
0: She stinks.
2: On on that note, we're going to switch over to something entirely positive, I hope, unless you guys are trainers to the New York State, but <laughs> Gotham FC <laughs> the New York is, States. well, actually New Jersey, New York. I don't, the the, the official yeah, the title of Gotham is NJ slash NY Gotham It's in the FC. logo too. Yes, it is. It is in New Jersey, much like the Giants, except they embrace the Jersey culture as well.
0: But But is that a good thing?
2: That's a whole other conversation but oh my goodness Gotham FC is in the championship I can't believe it I work for Gotham FC so I've been like I've been with this team and it is so cool to see because I covered I was a reporter for the team last year and I had to sit through those ugly mm. ugly games they were terrible they stunk talking about lSU stinking Gotham was there there's like a there's like a basement and then there's like 15 rows and then there's like the basement Gotham was in it was bad (laughs) soccer to watch but they get a new coach they completely change the identity of what this team is and they're going to the finals they're going to the championship it wasn't expected I'm not going to say they were like all in all favorites after the end of the season but they played well when it counts and they something that's so important in soccer is being able to score when it counts and man oh man have they been able to do that in this playoffs
1: yeah I mean they had that overtime goal against the Portland Thorns which I mean yeah to talk about them kind of being the phoenix rising from the ashes (laughs) they do they get to the championship against the team that won last year the defending champs um and you know This team, like you said, Julia, came in with such low expectations. They (laughs) revamped this team, and look where they are now. And I I think them winning the championship obviously would be super awesome, super great story, and I think – when you talk about the NWSL getting a lot of viewers, uh, a lot of spectators as well. And we're going to talk about Breaking records every week. Yeah, breaking records every week. We're going to talk about the TV deal they got uh, today. And, you know, I think it's this storyline is also very good for the NWSL having this kind of zero to hero team.
0: Women's Sports on top, baby. <laughs> I love, I love to see it setting records like it's James Harden in 2019. And talking specifically about. That Katie Stengel goal, that's, like, so I'm, like, new to soccer-ish, way more new to women's soccer, (laughs) and so I'm, I didn't really get it, I didn't really get it at first- and then I see a goal like Katie Stengel in the 106th minute, and I see tears down the faces of <laughs> kids from Red Bank all the way out to up top to Westchester County. I'm like, oh, I get it. Soccer is awesome. The Gotham FC are awesome. Beating the po- the narrative on this, they they submitted it for a Golden Globe. You saw the Dumois thing. They yes. submit Annabelle. Annabelle. They the NWSL Best submitted drama. this season of the <laughs> NWSL to the Golden Globes. For best drama. For best drama. That's awesome. Per Dumois. Awesome. Per Dumois. I have so many sources. Um, <laughs> that's so sick. And this will also, like, I love low-scoring games in net sports because you're just, ah, oh, my God, what's yeah. going to happen? Thirteen shots on goal for the for the, for the for Gotham FC. Eleven for the point, like eleven for the Thorns, like a lot. Time Incredible of keeping. time of possession was was pretty evenly split too, which you you don't. I I would say you don't usually see in a championship game that last year was played by the worst team in the league. <laughs> it's crazy. Great passing from Gotham too, and pass accuracy seventy five percent. That's absurd to the Thorns sixty six.
2: Yeah. Um I would say, from my perspective, like, first half, Gotham really, like, they came out strong. They they got there. And it was, it was a terrible weather game. It was pouring rain the entire time. Shout out to which, Pacific Northwest. <laughs> which makes the keeping that we saw in that game that much more impressive to be able to, um, you know, defend that many shots on target. First half, very pro-Gotham. Second half, very pro-Portland. And then, like, it was so balanced in that overtime period of... Just like shots going back and forth and got them finally. And it came out of nowhere too. It looked like she was about to pass it and then she rips a shot to the top left corner. And I remember watching it like, oh my God, (laughs) because it came out of nowhere. Like they hadn't been shooting from that far out the whole game. So when Katie Stengel received the ball around the box, I was like, no way she's shooting this. Or I didn't even think about it because it was so like not expected. And then she rips a shot and it is incredible. (laughs) But championship. OL oh, well, Reign versus Gotham <laughs> FC. It's a battle of two re- legends who are going to retire after this game, Megan Rapino and Ali Krieger, who have both meant so much to the world of soccer. I am personally so bittersweet like <coughs> knowing that you know their careers are ending after this, but what a fitting way to to finish this.
0: I I just have a question, like as someone that's kind of still like I'm dipping my I'm dipping my let's feet it, in the hot tub to to gauge the temperature mm-hmm. on women's soccer. I'm still I'm easing my way in. Do you think Rapino? I think from what I know about Rapino, because she is one of the biggest stars in women's sports uh, mm-hmm. out there, at least face wise. Like she actually has skill, so I'm not going to compare to the <laughs> Cavender twins in terms of publicity. <laughs> but she's brought the level of publicity, but she can actually play her sport. Do you think she just auto goes into like a publicity role for NWSL or uh, women's, uh, like FIFA or Women's World Cup? That's like, a- I feel like she is so keyed in on that.
2: That's a really great question. Her uh, fiance, Sue Bird. Shout out. Which you guys. Not know the who goat, that is, but shout out. Is actually already like a part owner of Gotham FC. So. This is also being called like the. It's funny that this is bringing brought up, like the Sue Bird Championship, because her fiance wants- plays for OL Reign, but she owns Who Gotham does she FC. Root for? She, she, she put on Instagram that she wants one of those uh, Jason Kelsey Z. Trevor. Ke- oh my God. Travis Mama Kelsey. Kelsey, Mama Kelsey. one of those jerseys. One of those jerseys what what are, those split are disgusting.
0: Jerseys. I, I, so many scumbags back in Massachusetts wearing the half Tom Brady Patriots <laughs> Buccaneers jersey. Hate it. Those, those are if if Sue Bird comes out one of those like support <laughs> support your fiance or, or wife now fiance fiance support your fiance support your business ventures. If I see I love Sue Bird a lot of respect. If Don't you see res- a split jersey, if I see a split jersey, she's not the goat. She's in my. She, I'll be disgusted. That's yeah, that's a, that's a <laughs> wow. legacy ruin From in the eyes of Chasme. So, who do
1: you think she should root for?
0: I mean, it's business. Bu- it, you got to root business. for the nine to five. It's all about the <laughs> business. You got to, uh, no. You got to, I mean, you you here's what here's what you do. Here's what you do. Mm-hmm. Here's what you do.
2: Whoever wins, you act like you were rooting for them the whole time. <laughs>
0: that, abs- I mean, yeah, absolutely. You wear, like, a, you, I don't know, like, uh, what's the NWSL colon of, like, the LA Galaxy? Just, like, something totally impartial. Kansas or, City j- Yeah, just wear your own jersey. Yeah. Like, Sue Bird, should just wear her, like, <laughs> storm unique. If
1: that's me, I would wear just, like.
0: Sue Bird. You know yeah. who Sue Bord's rooting for out there? Sue Bird. Like, like she's yeah. rooting for her bi- peace of mind. And, I mean, happy wife, happy life. Maybe you root for the OL Reign. It's a good point. Or maybe you get one more year out of Rapinoe, have pay for Gotham. Oh, that would be <laughs> the great, narrative. But, that's uh, what I'm saying. You Golden Globes. The, the narrative. The narrative.
2: But that's gonna do it for the NWSL aspect of this. We're gonna talk one more thing, and it is news that I saw early Saturday morning, and I have never been more elated, and in my entire life about <laughs> anything ever. And I'm not being dramatic when I say that. The happiest news I've ever received is that Emma Hayes is going to be the next US women's national team head coach. And oh my goodness, I love Emma Hayes. I am an Arsenal fan, so I hate Chelsea. Yeah. But I respect the hell out of Emma Hayes. She has she's been there since twenty thirteen, completely made this club into what it is today. Absolute powerhouse. I mean, they win the championship, the WSL championship, like every year. And it's just like that is coming to the United States after everything. I and every U.S. Women's National Team fan has been through for the past four years. I mean, the Olympics. God forbid I wake up and watch, I wake up at an ungodly hour of 3 a.m. and watch a team be good because I haven't experienced that in well over four years. (laughs) I experienced it with Tokyo. I experienced it with Australia. I am just so happy that I can wake up without just a pit in my stomach of like, and and maybe, I don't even know what it's going to be like for that pit, to turn into, like, hope and, like, a positive feeling because every... During the Olympics, it was like, okay, great. I got to wake up at 3 a.m. to watch this game. And then I wake up, and they stink. In the World Cup, I was like, you know what? It's the World Cup. They're going to play up to this challenge. No. They stunk. And it was even worse. It was, like, 5 and 6 a.m. games. At least with 2 a.m., like, you can stay up. Yeah. You can reasonably stay up. You know, not reasonably. 5, 6 a.m., you got to sleep, and you got to wake up. N- on zero sleep that entire World Cup. And the U.S. stunk. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Emma Hayes is here to save the United States women's national team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you how you felt about the uh her being Yeah,
2: to, I mean, I you know what? You don't I I'm, care? I'm pretty I'm pretty 50-50 on it, I think. Uh, <laughs> you don't think she's Yeah, oh,
0: okay. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I was kidding. Like, I, I just,
2: oh! just I just spent well, 5 no, minutes I,
0: I don't know the Chelsea of it all. The yeah, Arsenal of yeah. it all. Like
2: She's going to she is going to turn this team into what it was in 2019. And I have I don't thi- I don't think it's going to take very long. The one thing, the one gripe I do have about it, and it's a big gripe. She in order for there not to be any Maybe not transfer fees, but Chelsea's not asking for any money from the U.S. Soccer Federation if she finishes out the year with Chelsea. Okay, and that's six months from now. So mm-hmm. she's not going to actually manage this team until six months from now. And I don't know if you guys know when the Olympics are, but it's about two months later. So, oh. mm. our Zoom it, it, coach,
0: it, like for like <laughs> four months, dude. You know just what I mean, shows like. That- I think she could do some <laughs> cool. Stuff. I think I think there's ways to circumvent that on a personal level that I think she'll find if she really cares about this job,
2: which she will. But it's just like it just shows the USSF is like focused on the World Cup and not the Olympics. She release I mean, a statement. No, it's not like official. official yet. well, she, I saw. She,
0: I, I just saw. Uh, I just saw a video of her hyping up uh, those. Ch- we were talking about it uh, before air. Those Chelsea players, and I was like, oh, she's still the man. I'm ready to here. run through a brick wall. <laughs> I might.
1: Um, I think anything is better than Flacco. Yeah, okay.
0: So Thanks. Me and
2: Annabelle have been through the trenches talking about Flacco and Anonofsky the and I've, I've, and I've heard it. <laughs> and not I, and like I've that been guy. hearing
0: <laughs> it. Over the summer, me and Julia going down to Barclays Center and getting on the train. Go, we didn't get back to the Bronx until about <laughs> 2 a.m. And probably for 65% of that trip, she's just like, what,
2: fuck, Flacco? Like, yeah, she, you were it was so, so upset. Gosh. Well, he's now managing Kansas City, so good luck to him. Oh, the current. But, exactly well that is going to do it for this week's episode of all in thank you so much everybody for tuning in we'll be back next week with another episode of all in all in is a production of wfuv sports